looked once more on that green tile, so broad it was, and yet again, and yet again, till I should be quite tired and without strength to spring, and then I shuddered. Three times I jumped high into the air, like to a girl that skips with a rope, only this rope of mine was a steel knife, sharp and keen, and I thought many things, and all of them very terrible and uncomforting. And three times the long steel blade hissed by, low down and from wall to wall. A fourth time I lighted on the green tile. But on this occasion the spell worked not. True, the sword issued forth as before, yet, instead of flashing twixt wall and wall, it swerved in its course, hesitated, and then fell harmlessly to the ground, dead and without power. The charm that had caused it to chop to and fro had failed. I touched it lightly with my forefinger, and it did not stir. I handled it yet more familiarly and it moved not. It was a long blade, long as the hall was broad, somewhat rusty and ill-looking it was for lack of armourer's care, yet sharp withal, and of a fine temper. Yea, I thought, the magic of the devil thy smith hath left thee, thanks be to God, for truly thou art an evil device and an unholy and as in a dream I saw myself springing into the air, till at last, weak and feeble, I could spring no more. And what I then perceived caused me to shudder anew. I went from the prostrate blade back to the green tile, and trod upon it with the end of one foot, and the long knife quivered like an animal wounded in the chase and a dying yet it stirred not from the ground. Magic blade that art no longer magic, thy strength is gone, I said aloud, and with that I broke off the end of the sword with my two hands that were protected by a cloth I had taken from one of the couches that stood around. I stooped and sweated, and my face was purple, yet ere I had done, the huge blade was in five pieces, and powerless to do further harm. It was with a greater thirst than before that Satan and I sped downhill to the stream. Here we drank our fill, and it was good to be once more out in the open air under the free sky, with naught to fear and no care at our hearts. The rest of that day we sat in the cool shade of a wood, listening to the apes and birds of coloured plumage that chattered in the trees. Satan, the black cat, lies dead and unburied in a strange land, and no human eye marked his death. His last hour was, perchance, the most evil in both our lives, and maybe in that hour I had no thought for him, or he for me, yet now, in my security, I think daily on him, and there rise tears to my eyes, 
for he was dear to me and I to him, and the dangers that we shared together I shall never forget. In the night I again ascended the hill and wandered around and about the castle, for a spirit of unrest possessed me and I could not sleep. No light was visible from any window, and all was black and inanimate as before. On the round window of the turret the same patch of moonlight silvered the pane, yet there was no moon in the skies, naught but an army of stars, wondrous bright and near to earth, as are the stars of all distant lands. Later I slept deep, yet ere my eyes closed I had pondered much over that patch of moonlight on the round window of the turret, for albeit there was no moon visible in the sky, a moon-ray, pale and argentine, it most certainly was that I had seen, and I resolved that I would ascend to the turret and seek to discover from whence sprang this strange light that had so puzzled me. On the morrow Satan and I once more set out for the storeroom in search of meat. Again we ate our fill, and our appetites were very great and pressing. From this chamber there led underground a stone stairway that we afterwards descended cautiously, and one foot moving slow after the other. The walls of this stairway were damp and mildewed, and when we reached the cellar below, the air was humid and lifeless as a stagnant tarn. There were holes in the walls, through which streamed pale rays of light, so that we discovered the nature of this underground chamber without great mystery or labour. Underfoot was the naked earth without flagstone or paving, and on all sides stretched a huge crypt, a ceiling of many curves, supported by numberless pillars. At Canterbury Cathedral, where lie the bones of St. Thomas a Becket, is just such a crypt, though vaster far than the one Satan and I explored that morning. There were many casks about us, and goodly flasks of glass and earthenware that held rich wines and oils. Also there were quaintly painted chests, filled with the dried leaf of some unknown plant. I drank sparingly of the rich wines that we had discovered, tasting of many sorts and colours, and each was of a quality rarer and more costly than any liquor I had drunk before. The dust and cobwebs lay thick on all that was about us, and I thought that few men had drunk wine of so old a vintage. Yet, because of the sorcery that was all about us, I restrained my natural desires, and forbode to drink more than I could carry without detriment to my reason and good sense, knowing full well that I should want all the wits I was possessed of even on that day as on the previous days. Further on in this great cellar was a space with a palisade of wood all about it, and within were barrels, 
two or three of which had their heads stove in, so that their contents were spread on the ground beside them. I climbed the palisade, and Satan pressed with his body through the bars. Gunpowder, as I live, I cried, fingering the black grains that strewed the ground. I had no great use of so dangerous a neighbour, and yet, thought I, if the sorceries and dangers with which I am hourly beset cease not, maybe I shall lose patience, and send this castle and all its witchcrafts a-flying into the air. For I looked not upon this store of gunpowder with dread, as some men might have done, but as an ally, for stood it not at my service as much as at the use of any other man? Satan and I then proceeded further through the crypt-like cellar, and at the further end was yet another stairway. This we 